don't don't do it alone. Find the coach, find the mentor. I'm not talking about you know um, your brother or your mum or your dad who has a business. Um, find someone who has been successful in that type of business. For example, yourself, um, you know, um, law practicing. So if I was to set up a business in in law, I would come to you. I'll come and speak to you. You know, if I want to, you know, sell, you know, get my business to seven figures, I would speak to you because you've been there, you've done that. So it's find someone who can, you know, mentor you, who has done it, not someone who would just be like, oh yeah, you should do this. Well, okay, well, have you succeeded? Yeah. This is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey, and I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's uh, grown several businesses, the seven and eight figure companies, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. And today we've got another great guest on the, ep- or on the podcast, um, Arn Terry. And uh, just to give you a quick background on him, first of all, you'll notice he has an accent and I always like that he's from, he's in the UK and I always like the UK accent. It always feels like that, that just makes you sound a little bit smarter than the American accent. Not saying that UK is any smarter than Americans, but it always has that appearance for me at least. So it's, uh, we'll get to enjoy his accent, but a little little bit about his background. So father of three, been married for 13 years and he'd been a recruiter for most of his life. He actually was doing the recruiting business um, during the economic downturn in 2008, had to go through, and he'll give a lot more detail, had that kind of start to crash along with a lot of the other economies, had to pivot, ended up working, uh, I think he said, at a Tesco or a gas station, and I did some of that, made a comeback doing that, and then kind of or saw some of the similar signs to 2008 coming up with COVID and has made it or preemptively made some adjustments and shifts to make sure that what happened in 2008 didn't happen again. So with that much as an introduction, Arn, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Devin. I'm not too sure about the accent being more smarter than you. <laughs> I'm the most smarter. I don't know about that one, uh, but thank you very much. Yes, I am from Manchester, UK, and I'm currently in Manchester, UK, as we're speaking um, at the moment. And yeah, um, what what a journey it's been. Um, it's been been very interesting. So as as you said with that introduction, as mentioned, my, my story began. You know, back in 2008, obviously before that, but 2008 was the point where, like many of us, if we were of the age of working and we was affected financially due to the global economic crisis, mm. uh, the financial crash, the housing crash, whatever you want to call it, it was very tough and difficult. Um, so, Devin, as, as you mentioned, you know, I was uh, a recruiter at that time and still am. I'm an international headhunter now, but at the time um, I was working for a firm uh, and a lot of my clients were in the financial um, um, and segments, one of them being Bear Stearns, the investment bank, and they went bump overnight. So there was mm-hmm. a bit of a build up to 2008. So, 2000 and, um, Five, I bought my first home with my fiance. Mm. 2006, we um, we got married. Um, so she's my wife, and now my wife. Um, <laughs> 2000, your wife. Yeah, yeah, still. <laughs> um, 2007, we we had our um, uh, we had our daughter. 
In fact, I'm giving them the wrong birthday. Two, 2008, um, we had our daughter. So it was year upon year we had um, we had growth in terms of our family building, you know, from marriage, honeymoon, um, to buying a home. Like what, like all what we're trying to aspire to or do, or most of us trying to do. But what I didn't know what was around the corner was, you know, the, the financial crisis in 2008. Mm. Um, so, but what basically happened, what that meant for me was... Maybe to jump in just for a second on that. So before we go to the crash, and we'll certainly get into that, but you, uh, you, if I recall, and correct me if I'm, you were in the recruiting business, which means you help other businesses find good employees, yes. right? So I think yes. you mentioned one of your clients was Bear Stern, which certainly with 2008 yeah. would have had a big, uh, you know, a big downturn and whatnot. Everybody, a lot of people saw what happened there. But at least for that for that initial period of time, I'm assuming before 2008 and started the crash, recruiting business was going well, everything was looking up, hence why you bought a house and hence why you did a few other things. So, you know, what, and so as a business goes well, it's easy to, you know, be happy and enjoy things. As you saw things go down, how did that kind of, how did that transition or as you saw kind of that domino effect kind of take place, what was that to, I think that's applicable and we'll talk a little bit also about COVID today but I think there's a lot of or at least some parallels that can be drawn as far as businesses and seeing domino effects and things getting air mm-hmm. slowing down and shutting down and whatnot certainly a different absolutely. motivation but how is that going through that in 2008? Yeah absolutely so you know it, it's a rat race as we call it so you know you get a big bonus what do you do you go on a holiday or you buy nice shoes or a handbag, you know, you get um, a pay rise. So, you know, you buy a house or a bigger house. So I was going for the rat race, climbing the corporate um, corporate ladder. So yeah, it was very good. You know, we, we bought a house, we had a great honeymoon, um, got a new car. Um, so it was, it was all up and up and up. So you, you didn't expect it to all go bang straight away. Um, but the unfortunate thing is, you know, once you start upskilling or, upgrading your life um you're dependent on that money you depend on that financial circumstances and the challenge that i had is i'm in sales so it wasn't like my basic salary was going up yes it was going up but you rely on your bonus you rely on your commission so um my car payments my the, the mortgage you know the, the lifestyle um, was based on my commission, monthly commission that was coming through. Um, so when, as you mentioned, you know, it had that domino effect and Bear Stearns went under, um, I was doing a lot of work for Pro Systems as well. Um, was a, you know, a large consultancy, pretty much like PwC, Accenture kind of type of business. Um, mm-hmm. So I was doing a lot of work for, for that, that big consultancy as, as well. And they, well, the doors shut. I had great conversations with him, but the conversations wasn't monetary conversations. It was, you know, we're just going to have to close the doors for now and see what happens. So what that meant was I had contractors or interim um, high-level um, candidates out there that were making money, uh, making money and the firm money and then their contract got stuck stopped which obviously meant my commission was start slowly starting to stop month in month out you saw that happening so what i did and as you mentioned on the intro i panicked like most people did i was thinking what <laughs> what the hell am i going to do and um, we've got this payment coming out but i've got more going out than i've got going in 
And mm. um, so I took a job at um, Tesco supermarket. Um, but I wasn't working like at the checkout. Um, it's a huge supermarket. So I was working in the stock room or storeroom on the clothing side. Mm. Um, so like, like many, and it's not crying me a river story because I know we've all been through this or many of us have been through this, unfortunately, mm. is, you know, in recruitment, you work long hours. I was in the office, half seven, quarter to eight. I was working till seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night. Um, but then on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I was working at Tesco um, supermarket as well. So it was literally like Groundhog Day. It was constant every single day doing the same thing. And it was tough, you know, it was emotionally tough. It was uh, embarrassed. I know I felt embarrassed. I felt ashamed. I felt like I wasn't, you know, given what I wanted to do to my family because one, I wasn't seeing them. I was working constantly. And two, uh, my pride and joy was the car that I bought me, you know, my, my Audi A4. Um, so I sold that, bought a banger. Um, so it was a very old car that I bought. And it was it was that bad. This car was that bad. Mm. Um, the electrics failed on it. Um, had no indicators. The speedometer failed. Um, so I couldn't even judge this. I couldn't even know how fast I was going. But I'm a, I'm a, bit, I'm a bit of a car guy. So I knew if I kept at a certain revs, at a certain gear ratio, I knew how fast I was going that way. Um, so it, it was it was extremely tough for, you know, a good 12-month period while I was, you know, trying to piece my life finances back together. And my wife was working full-time as well. So we didn't really see each other that much. Um, so obviously daycare, was a big part of um, our first bonds um, journey as well. So if you did that, so one question I said, I'm, I guess I date myself as being a bit too young at this one. So I know 2008, uh, certainly I was actually in school during the time. So I, I, t- I probably all by sheer luck. So I timed it. I was in school, which was probably a good thing in the sense I, I had friends that were going out and graduating about that time. And it was a, not a good job market, I'm sure, as you knew as a recruiter and nobody was hiring. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I timed it, so I graduated in about 2011. No, 11? 12. I'd have to look now. Been too, it's been long enough, but I was after that. But did, So when you saw that, as opposed to COVID, which is today, which is a pretty abrupt, just kind of everything shut down, was it that kind of an abrupt or was it more of an incremental kind of slowly shut down or how quick did Exactly the same. Well, exactly but, the same. It was it was like wow this is um, what what's the word oh, I, can't, I can't think of the word when when it's like it's it's happening all over again it was like wow so um, my my backstory is um, as I climbed the corporate ladder I was chasing the corporate ladder I don't don't do that anymore anymore because you know mm-hmm. I, I've um, moved away from working for someone and set up my own um, international headhunting firm um, and did it for myself so what I was doing in the background was. I I was learning about how I can make sure that if something like uh, a financial crash happens again, I'll be ready for it mm. um, in, in one way or another. So what happened to me, you know, true story, come March, I had um, five, six candidates lined up um, to start a, start a new role. So it's, as you said, it's got a knock-on effect. Mm. Um, and then I had two clients for one, For this was two clients, sorry, one client, had like two, three candidates due to start and it basically just straight away stop. You know, we don't know what's going on. Unfortunately, we're going to have to, you know, retract the offers for these candidates. Mm-hmm. So for one, my client doesn't get the the highs that they need. For two, I'm losing out tens of thousands of pounds 
um, just yeah, yeah. And then my my um, candidates aren't getting the job, so they potentially have handed in the notice. So it just gets sticky. And this was what was happening back in two thousand eight. So I was like, I know what's happening. I know what's happening. So um, so, straight, so before yeah. we jump forward to today, which we'll still get there. But so you, you saw went through this. You know, you saw the downturn basically in two thousand eight recruiting dries up along with a lot of the other job markets or it takes a much more downturn, so to speak. Yeah. And, you know, you go through working with Tesco, or Tesco, your wife is working crazy hours, you're working crazy hours, trying to keep ahead or keep the bills paid, get yourself a, you know, a beater car, so to speak, with electrical issues. How did you kind of come back out of that? You know, because I think that there's a, a, an overlay with what people are going through today, but how did you kind of okay, I'm going to get, first of all, there's always a survival mode. We need to make sure yeah. we at least cover our bills, yeah. but then we've got to then rebuild and come back out and, you know, hopefully stronger, mm -hmm. you know, build back up. So how was that or how did that go for you? It, it was tough. There's, there's no easy way around it. It, it was it was just riding the wave of time um, because I knew that it was going to get better. So in the interim, what I was doing is I was working the part-time job to try and top up the, the lost revenue by way of commission that I was doing. Mm. Um, and then I was contacting different companies rather than the consultancies because my, my background back then was more of the consultancies, more of the financial services. Mm. I had to try and get in contact with, you know, over here, more, more government um, side or councils. Um, who were still kind of doing projects um, so they still had budget that they had to spend um, you know one way or another because I'm sure it's the same over in, in the US as well once the uh, government gets a grant or gets a budget they have to spend that or they're not going to get the same amount next year um, mm -hmm. so I, I had to think a bit differently and change my uh, model um, of clients that I was working with and I went and looked for the councils, the public sector type of businesses instead and started trying to do business with them and started doing business with them as well. Um, but, you know, I could speak to you for weeks about this. It's still it's just condensing it. So that that's basically what I did as well as doing my, my part-time work. So, you know, I was working constantly, uh, you know, I, I don't want to think about the hours that I was doing, um, but it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a nice amount of hours that I was doing um, to get through. So that's what I basically did. I just rolled the, um, the wave of time, knowing that it was going to get better. Um, but through this period, it was, it was tough. So I just had to dig deep, stop moaning to myself, stop feeling sorry for myself, because it was, there was a lot of self-pissy, there was a lot of, you know, would have, could have, should have, or X, Y, and Z, you know, or why has this happened to me? You know, like what, what you go through. Um, when I was like, you know, shut up, you've got a family, you need to get this done. So um, like I said, my wife was working full-time, we had our daughter in daycare, and then, you know, I would see the family as and when, um, and we'll just make the best time we had when we did see each other so that's what I was literally just doing for you know good part of a year so it wasn't something I was you know done over a couple of weeks or a couple of months it was done over a year to to build back so everything that we was minimizing mm. was earning was just putting it back into the pot putting back into the family pot putting back in the family pot luckily for me a lot of the clients then started to come back uh, and then I started to do well again and then you know promotion because as I said I was climbing the corporate ladder as well um, so I got promoted in my business and my salary went up as well which was a huge help uh, and then I got back into the you know into the motion of 
bringing money in um, for the for the family. So did you go back? So after you you know you you, you were weathered the storm of uh, you know 2008 and the downturn and whatnot. Did that for a few years. Got back on your feet. Did you go back into recruiting? Did you say, hey, you know, now this industry is coming back, or did you go to a different industry, or what? What was that transition? Dave, Dave, I'm, I'm, I'm still, still in recruitment now. Stayed in recruitment, so I was still working for the firm. Um, you know, it's, it was, it's not like now because now it was really bad where people furloughed. Um, it was literally you work the hours that you have to work. So we were still in the office, we're still making the cold calls, we're still sending out the emails, we're still prospecting, we're still building relationships. So it was constant. It wasn't a, you know, oh, this is not going well, so we're going to jump and go into something else. It was, no, you weather it, you keep working, you hustle, you grind, you stay focused, you stay motivated, and you keep doing it. So I stayed in, I stayed working for that company, and I continued working for that company. It wasn't until, obviously, obviously years down the line, that's when I set on my own um, uh, headhunting recruitment firm. But during that time of the, of the climate, you know, 2007, 2008, when it was very interesting um i worked and i just weathered the storm and, and i got better and you know it's one of those things where it's not nice when you go through it but once you've been through it it makes you better and stronger as a person as a um you know as a business as a consultant or whatever you know profession you're in so you so so then you weathered the storm so you and then you came back so you said okay we basically, you know, while while things slowed down, while it wasn't as good, while some of the clients ticked off, you continued to do the recruiting and then supplemented your income with the other uh, other company, you know, other uh, work that you were doing with Tesco and your wife was doing with others. Yeah. So then is that now, I assume that you stayed with there. Did you fast forward up to COVID? Did you stay Yeah, fast forward. Fast forward. So what basically happened again, because um, it is a long story short, was I um, was thinking, okay, what else can I be doing to make myself successful? So like you, um, and you've obviously built up seven figure businesses, you're very entrepreneurial. And I was thinking to myself, what can I do? What can I do? How can I build that? You know, for me, it wasn't even a thing about six-figure business. But how can I build a, seven, uh, a six-figure business? Sorry. So I failed. Then I failed. Then I failed again. Then I failed again. And I failed some more. Um, but at this point, I was still climbing a corporate journey. So I was still, um, I still had my cushion. Because, you know, as, as time went by, my salary went up, my status went up. I wasn't just a recruiter. I was, you know, a manager, um, a senior manager, had my own P&L, my profit and loss. Um, so, I, you know, some of the, the hunger went, uh, which was sort of a bit of shame. When you're back against the wall, you, you, you do stuff a lot more. Um, but my, some of the hunger went. So I was, I was trying a few things from, you know, MLM, multi-level marketing, to selling products, to selling this, selling that. And I just kept failing and failing and failing. And one thing that I always talk about is, you know, failing for me, I believe it's a positive thing and making mistakes is a positive thing because if you're not making mistakes, you're not failing. It, for me, my, my belief is it means that you're not trying something new or learning something new. So I stumbled across um, social media and making money online because I've never been a social media person at all. I was only on LinkedIn. The only reason why I was on LinkedIn is I was this, you know, professional um, headhunter um, who was very corporate. So I didn't mix with the likes of Facebook or Instagram. They were just for people who, who were just time wasters. And I didn't understand that 
you use it not just as a consumer but as a business and people that use it as a business are making seven eight figures just by using it the right way so what i basically did was um i educated myself so it wasn't self it was, well, it was both it was self-education reading books journals YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. But then I went on to, um, obviously it's a thing of the thing of the past at the moment, but I went to multiple sem- seminars. So I was like seminar crazy. I would, you know, jump in the plane, go fly down to London, go and meet people in seminar and meet like-minded people who were making, you know, hundred thousand pounds in the weekend um, on social media and then meet someone else and meet someone else. And then, then they joined the coaching um um not seminar so done a coaching group i was coached and then like a mentoring group as well so i've been coached and mentored and trained my way along the way so then while this was happening in the background i said to myself right okay because um i didn't want to come across as a as a fraud so i, I was taking my time in social media and i was helping people for free you know, free advice, except, you know, as we all do, we start off and I wasn't going to launch my social media business till 2021 um, because I was going into property just before COVID as well. I had a, an offer accepted on, on, a, on a house that I was going to flip. Um, mm. But as soon as that happened, I stopped it. So I kind of had to pivot very quickly, stop my property business and then push in my social media business instead because um what hopefully people are following what I'm talking about and I'm not talking too fast is what basically happened when um you know we're in 2020 now when my client said we're not hiring any staff at the moment oh those people that we want to hire you need to put them on hold you know um it was a lot of money in fees that I lost overnight so I was like, okay how can I supplement that luckily enough because I'd learned about social media in the background, but wasn't really doing much with it because, you know, my international film, headphones film was doing well. Um, I wasn't going to do much with it. I thought, right, okay, now is your time. So I started doing more about marketing, branding, you know, sort of helping my clients and charging them a fee. So, okay, you're not going to charge you. Just a one quick question or follow-up. Yeah. So as you were doing that, so... So, rehearsing through 2005, successful recruiter. 2008 comes yep. along, turns down. Make make it through. Go back to recruiting again. Build up what would be a, a good or a profitable recruiting. You know, clientele, book a business. Getting or that's going going well again. But the lesson, if I understand it, and kind of what we talked about a little bit before, it kind of you said fail, 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 but you kept trying. Yeah. You're just saying, hey, if I'm going to learn any lessons from 2008 if i'm going to do anything different it's going to be with the idea that i'm not going to just simply or solely rely on the recruiting business or one given avenue of income right so that way Correct. as COVID hits or as something else hits, i have other skills i can have other avenues and i can have a different source of income such that i'm more i have more diversity i'm able to pivot which is what it sounds like kind of as you saw the signs of COVID coming again yeah that abrupt shutdown then that's yeah. kind of where you shift to tra- or social media. Is, yeah. that, is that a fair statement? Correct. Yeah, 100%. So what happened was when the business recruitment business stopped, um, I started charging. Um, I, I was doing it in the background, but I wasn't focused on it. But I pushed that up, um, t- you know, probably much hundredfold. So I started charging for um, consulting more in terms of the social media side uh, as a coach. 
uh, as a mentor. And then I started another stream of income as well, which was affiliate marketing. Um, as most people know, just sell other people's products. And then I found that I was actually quite good at that. So I started making, you know, $200 a day, $300 a day, $400 a day. You know, it just kept going and going and going. So I was, I was doing that as well. And then what I did as another stream of income, I then created my own course on how to dominate social media. And then I started selling that course um, online, digital product uh, across the world uh, yeah. and just promoting that. So it, it happened so quick because mm-hmm. like you've said, and you know, you were articulated a lot better than me um, because of 2008, I saw the sign of what was going to happen. Now it was like, it was like a switch as quick as that. I was like, right, okay, bang, this is what I'm going to do. I literally got my pen, my pad, and I was like, okay, coaching, mentoring, uh, affiliate marketing, right, what else can I get? Right, okay, stick with that for now. Right, okay, I've got more people I'm coaching. Right, okay, now I'm coaching people. People coming back to me asking me loads of questions. Right, okay, now you need to do your digital product because that digital course that you're creating, you can just refer them back to that. If you want this digital course, I can give you more information. Sign up to that. It's going to cost you X amount of pounds. Right, okay, that's checked off the list. Mm. Uh, and then there was more there's more stuff as well so it was like youtube i need to create a youtube channel i need to get my presence up there so i went from like zero um subscribers to just over a thousand subscribers and i think it was like i can't remember something like six weeks or something like that, maybe maybe a bit more uh, mm. i think i tell like it was more longer than that but that was for me understanding how to compound and get in contact with people through social media and say Hey, I've just created my YouTube channel uh, and tagging them, in, tagging them in and saying, please, can you watch this? If you do like the content and you mm. do like what you hear, please subscribe. I'll, by the way, can you do me a favor? Can you tag in another five more people and can you ask them to do the same thing? So mm. I compounded that to build my YouTube channel. I did that across LinkedIn. I'm fortunate enough to have over 10,000 followers on LinkedIn. So that was part of how I got my subscribers on YouTube quite quickly. Mm. No, that, that makes it sound like a great plan. So, well, as we start to wrap towards uh, the end of the, you know, the podcast, unfortunately, there's never enough time to, to hit everything. No, no, there isn't. About. But so next, you know, so now as you're, we're somewhat coming in, depending on where you live, it seems to be different for almost every country and every state and every, every place you are. But people are kind of coming back from, to work or starting to open back up the economy. Some places are better than others. So what is the kind of, you know, I know it's a crystal ball and especially hard, but six, next six to 12 months, kind of where do you see things going and how do you see things working out? It's going to be extremely well. Um, the reason why it's going to work, but again, it depends what um, sector you're in as well. Because so I'm in the ERP, Enterprise Resource Planning, so mine is very IT focused. And we're obviously doing this on Zoom. So if anyone's in the IT space, um, there's so much money that's been invested in, in technology and I want amount of money that's been to invest in technology, you know, especially Zoom, uh, Google Hangouts, um, Facebook, Instagram. Most people now are communicating by way of technology like this. So if you're in the technology sector, it's phenomenal for you as well. If you're anything to do with data, that comes hand in hand with social media. We're hanging out on social media a lot more as well. So what's happening is the algorithms at the moment can't cope with it 
the amount of people now that are piled onto social media. So, you know, artificial learning, um, data or data science, if people want to get into those parts, that is, that's where it's, that's where it's heading at the moment. Um, same thing with manufacturing, because obviously we're going to be manufacturing more um, components and products for us to, to actually communicate with each other. So even the manufacturing of hardware is going to go up as well. Obviously, um, it's pushing more to, you know, cloud service or, or software as a service, stuff like that. But that, that's another thing. So it's it's going to get extremely busy at the moment. The only problem that we're going to have is if you're in a bricks and mortar business by way of, of you're a dentist or you're a, a physiotherapist and it's very touchy-feely or you're a, you're a technician, like a nail technician or a hairdresser, and that's where it's going to be tough because you're condensed with the amount of people that you can now book in. You're condensed with the social distancing. So that's why why I've been speaking to people, you know, random people, people who sell eyelashes, well, used to do eyelashes, should I say, do eyelashes, hair and makeup. So I'm talking to them, create a digital product, Mm. and then show people how to do it and charge them for that product like for yourself for example you know you've got a podcast but say if you know 90% of yours were people coming on your show and meeting you at your studio Mm. um and due to social distancing my my advice would have been right okay then well one way is obviously you go into zoom you go into handouts which which is obvious which a lot of people have been doing but not only that if you want to 2x your business or 3x your business then Mm. you teach people how to become a podcaster you know i'm looking at you now you'll say you've got some you know it's a very expensive setup there so i'll be saying okay then i will show you how to set up your blog how to do a youtube channel and how to link your products that you're using as an amazon affiliate so you're talking to people and saying this is how you become a podcaster. You charge them, I don't know, twenty twenty dollars, thirty dollars to do it, but you make more money by saying these are the this is the equipment that I bought. So anytime they click on your Amazon link, it takes them to the Amazon store and you get paid a percentage per person that buys that product or it doesn't just have to be the mic or the setup or the laptop it can be anything it could be a fridge freezer it could be a boomerang for you know for for anything as long as it's on amazon so i'm showing people and teaching people that so i'm going to jump in just because we're starting to to get close to the end of time so i think there are plenty more things that we could talk through but i always have (laughs) two questions i want to make sure i hit on before the end of this podcast and why don't we jump to those now so the first question i'll ask is what was your worst business decision um, worst business decision was I won't even say worst. But my, my worst decision was staying working for someone for too long. Mm. Um, that was my worst decision. Um, and then again, you know, looking at your profile, what you've done, and you set up multiple companies as well. It's like would have, could have, should have. But it's like shut up and you're doing it now. So you know, just just do it. So that's my thing. If anyone's listened to this and you know they say, oh, my situation, I hate my boss. Not hate my boss, but you know your boss, you was doing everything for your boss, making your boss look better than mm-hmm. what he or she is. If you're in that situation and you've got a pre- better product service and you can do better offering, offering, do it yourself, create your own company and learn by your mistakes. So that's my worst decision, not doing my own business earlier on. No, all right. no and, I, and I'd say, you know, the interesting is as many podcasts as I've done and, um, and, and, you know, get different guests come on. That's one of the top answers is how often people wish that they would have, you know, would have, should have, could have kind of done this earlier because yeah. once they make the leap, once they do it, they're oftentimes, it's such a much more gratifying and enjoyable life. And almost like I said, it's not that you even hate your boss or hate your job. 
but there's yeah. this difference between doing what you love and your passion yeah. and what you can control and build yeah. versus what others can do. So I think that's yeah. a great one. So yeah. okay, now we're going to jump to the, the second question I always ask, which is, so if you're talking to someone that's just getting started out in a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Um, coaching. Um, find a coach or find a mentor. Mm. It's as simple as that. Don't don't do it alone. Find a coach, find a mentor. I'm not talking about, you know, um, your brother or your mum or your dad who has a business. Um, find someone who has been successful in that type of business. For example, yourself, um, you know, um, law practicing. So if I was to set up a business in, in law, I would come to you. I'll come and speak to you. You know, if I was to, you know, sell, you know, get my business to seven figures, I would speak to you because you've been there, you've done that. So it's find someone who can, you know, mentor you who has done it, not someone who would just be like, oh yeah, you should do this. Well, okay, well, have you succeeded? Yeah. And it's just, and you know, when, once you've got to that level, you can fast track that person. You can show the people the mistakes that you've made and how you've come up with a solution to get past all the mistakes. So it would just literally be mentor or a coach or both. Um, and just don't, don't take it too serious in terms of you're going to make mistakes along the way. You just need to laugh at yourself. You know, you, you need to try and have some fun with it. Yes, it's going to be frustrating, but don't take yourself too serious um, because you're going to make mistakes. All right. No, I think that, that's a great piece of advice. I think mentors a lot of times can help you to get things going, avoid some of the mistakes that people often make, get things going. And a lot of times, if nothing else, being an entrepreneur or doing a startup can oftentimes be a lonely journey in the sense that, you know, a lot of, if a lot of times you're on your own, you feel like you're a failure, you feel like you're a success, you don't have a lot of people to talk to about it. And so a mentor can often, even if nothing else, give that, lend that listening ear and support you and, and give you guidance through it. So yeah. Thank you yeah. again for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. It's been fun to have you on. If people want to, whether it's use your social media services, if they want to hire you as a recruiter or anything in between, what's the best way to reach out or connect with you? Well, what I'm doing at the moment, I'm doing a free 30-minute um, coaching call. So a free 30-minute coaching call um, to do with social media. So if you want to learn how to dominate social media, um, just, just get me on, on um, Instagram, which would be the best. Best, uh, the best thing I would say because it's hot at the moment um, so if you if you just type in free town mindset so that's free town mindset or just type in Arne Terry um, on Instagram that would be the easiest way to get me or you can get me on LinkedIn just type in my name Arne Terry um, my my purpose isn't to you know just say sign up to my course it's really to have that conversation with, with someone um, and see if they're you know if I can help them I just want want them do my best to help as many people as possible. So yeah, find me on Instagram. We can take it from there. But literally, I'm, I'm on all I'm on all the platforms, which is crazy, um, and I'm loving it at the moment. All right. Well, sounds like great. And I would certainly encourage people to reach out to you, um, use your services, connect up with you, find out more about the free thirty day or the free thirty minutes uh, session and consultation and everything else in between. Well, thank you again for coming on. It's been fun to hear your story. And I, it's uh, been fun to hear how you've gone through now two different downturns, how you learned your yeah. lesson for the first one and how you're yeah. successful through the second one. So yeah. best of luck on the next leg of your journey. Um, for those of you that are uh, wanting to uh, have a, a journey to tell, want to come on the podcast and tell your story, uh, feel free to go to inventivejourneyguest.com and you can apply to be on the show. 
And certainly if you're a listener, make sure to click subscribe so you can hear this episode and all the new upcoming episodes. And lastly, if you ever need any help with uh, patents or trademarks, feel free to reach out to us at uh, Miller IP Law. Thanks again, Arn. Wish you the best and have a good one. Thank you very much. Gratitude, appreciation, and thanks to everyone that's listening.